Hi, this is Wendy, and welcome back to Overexposed. Today we have a very special guest named David. He is an illustrator and graphic designer. With over 50,000 followers on Instagram, we talk about how David combined his passion for drawing with his technical degree to create a profitable business. For those of you who are wanting to make a career out of your creative passions, this episode is for you. Without further ado, let's get into it. Yes, now okay. we're good. Okay, okay. take two. <laughs> now we're actually, we, right. we tried this earlier and it was not recording. So now the wave thingies on this audio thing is working. So we're good now. Welcome, David, to the second episode of the podcast. David, do you want to do like a quick little, maybe like elevator pitch? I don't know I'm putting you on the spot <laughs> right now, but because sure. um, I know you do a lot of things and yeah. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Okay, so my name is David. I'm a graphic designer, and I've been doing it for five years now. I also have a YouTube channel. I have a podcast, um, and mainly my graphic design is like I've transitioned to illustration, which we can get into later. Mm -hmm. But I started off as a logo designer, and uh, yeah, you can ask some questions about what else I do. But it's a bunch of little things, yeah. Yeah, awesome. So we got like a snapshot of kind of everything you do, which is a lot. And um, like I said, I watched some of your podcasts and YouTube videos earlier, and you are really talented at what you do, and you definitely know more about this whole podcast situation than me, but awesome to kind of have you back on. I know we were kind of talking back and forth and mm -hmm. finally got this going. So let's kind of go back to the very beginning. Did In high school slash middle school, did you always know you were creative? Um, I always knew I was creative, uh, like literally from a young age, and I think the reason why was like my parents would always, literally, literally every Christmas, my parents would always buy me the same thing piece of paper like a pad of paper and pencil and that's like didn't get many gifts right so I always was practicing drawing and stuff and then when I hit high school um I kind of decided to kind of set the hobby aside focus on like a career I guess and it was always like we were talking earlier off camera like I was always business oriented so I focused a lot on like business as well a lot on sports as well so I consumed a lot of my time and it wasn't until I left high school went to business school and realized I didn't want to work a part-time job that I picked up design. So I guess it was not in my mind for a very long time, but then I just saw what people were doing on Instagram and like social media and how people were growing their business, just like designing, especially like I mentioned on Instagram specifically. Mm -hmm. And that's where I started as well. And then, so my first or second year of university is when I got into it. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, I've been doing it for like five-ish years. So yeah, mm -hmm. just, it literally just came about. I just had a gut instinct feeling that I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, I just went from there. So, And you went to school for something super technical, right? Yeah. Yeah. I went to school for BBA and then I switched to a different university for econ and finance, which I graduated with last year. So oh, not, I didn't go to school for, uh, for design at all. So. Right. And when you started, how did that come to be? Because especially with, I guess, more creative fields, whether it's photography, videography, mm -hmm. graphic design, it's very overwhelming at first. It's like, where do I start? What kind, like, what is my own style? What gear do I need? How did you kind of navigate that when you first started? Because you mentioned you were self-taught as well, right? Yeah. So for me, it's like, when I started, I knew, like, I wanted to limit how much money I spent totally. and time on, like, the program. And I knew, like, I didn't know too much about, like, graphic design in general. But I, all I knew is, like, you got to pay for the subscription or the program's outright. would it cost, like, four or five hundred bucks. And, you know, you knew I was like, in university, so I've already paid for tuition and my rent. So, mm -hmm. like, I really can't afford to, like, dabble in something new, especially if I'm already, like, the foot of the door with, like, business school. And so I, I downloaded any free program that was similar to, like, the big names, like Illustrator, which I use today. Mm -hmm. So the two programs that helped me out a lot was uh, Inkscape 
and GIMP. So GIMP is like a knockoff of Photoshop and Inkscape <laughs> is a knockoff of Illustrator, right? Mm-hmm. Both free programs. Um, but what made it good was like, I knew, I did my research. There's a lot of more uh, free programs, but those two in particular had a lot of tutorials on YouTube. So I was able to self-teach everything through YouTube. And that's what was great about me starting was like, Everything I could have learned, I didn't feel like I needed to go to school for, specifically because like I focused on the same thing for the past five years, and I just learned and just polished and still trying to polish like my style, I guess, but just picked it up that way, and then eventually I'm like, I need to get Illustrator, and it wasn't too far off from what I learned from the free programs, but mm-hmm. yeah, just start with free programs, work with what you have, right, and totally. then after that, once you can afford like the programs and stuff, you just, uh, I went with Illustrator, and I've been using that again for the past four years now so Mm -hmm. yeah and you start making money right off the bat or how did you kind of start the business side of things it was like I don't know I'd say like yes but no so how it all started was was my first Christmas my girlfriend um I wanted to make her a gift and it was like (laughs) on my podcast too I mentioned this and I'm gonna get the quote wrong again yeah so when I started I did just calligraphy and I was a big tumblr guy so like literally if you can picture it like a beach and then those cheesy quotes on it. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing with just the quotes on like a, I don't know, 11 by 8 printer paper and what it was like, not everyone who's wandering is lost or something like that. That was the mm-hmm. quote. <laughs> and so I, I did like hand lettering. I scanned it, went to Staples, printed out one. I really liked it, printed out like five, gifted one to my girlfriend, went on Facebook, went on like my hometowns to buy and sell. And I'm like, who wants to buy us for Christmas, right? And then a bunch of moms were like, oh, they really like Amazing, it. Amazing, yeah. And I sold, I'm like, I don't know what to price this out, right? Because it literally took me probably like an hour or two. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, just like offer whatever you want. I, it's not framed or anything. And then I got the first pitch was like 35, 40 bucks for just the print, right? Mm-hmm. So I sold all of them, made like 120, 140 wow. bucks. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, this is like, I always knew like I could have made money off like drawing. As I mentioned, like I love drawing, like growing mm-hmm. up and doing art. But then when I saw the graphic side of it, I'm like, this is way easier because like, it, I feel like it was a little bit less effort and time. And then after that, it took me a couple of months before I knew what I wanted to do. So I was posting on Instagram a lot. Like I was posting so many quotes, so many click mm-hmm. pieces, but I feel like you're not going to make a lot of money unless you're, like, you're really talented in like you're really polished with hand lettering. And then you can get into branding for like beer label, beer companies, like, you know, flyers and all that stuff. And that's what I wanted to do at first. But then like, I knew there's like a lot of time for me to polish my hand lettering. So I'm like, I got to figure out a different style. So I got to logos. And I think that transition would have taken about six months. And then from the sixth month, um, I started pitching and doing logos that I wanted to reach out to like certain brands. Mm -hmm. And then like you mentioned earlier, like, you know, you were for startup. I was only pitching to startups. So I'm like, that's my foot in the door. Because how am I going to get like an established business, right? Mm -hmm. So I started pitching and then eventually, um, by like the half, first half year of me doing it, I got my first client and it was for all really, a really, really low amount, um, for the logo, but it kind of just started that way. So, and then ever since then, I'm like, I was really like eager to just get more paying clients from that mm-hmm. first one. So, yeah, it's so interesting kind of hearing people's transitions from, um, their, what they do as a passion and yeah. how they turn in, into a business because yeah. a lot of the times there's these like artists who are so talented, but they just don't know how to correctly monetize everything like even when I first started in photography even um it's funny because I used to post on Kijiji really like like I used to post like free like free wedding shoots or like free like like free baby shower because I was like I didn't even know how to use a camera off auto (laughs) mode at this time so it kind of takes the pressure off of like once you like if you start charging someone right away and you don't really know what you're doing I find at least if I do it for free it's like I kind of 
have that leeway if I kind of screw up or something. There's not that pressure yeah, a, for it. Yeah, there's a passion they can understand, kind of. Yeah, yeah and I still I remember my first ones. I remember the first ever paying gig I got was, like, for this healthcare conference. Okay. And it was for free, and I did it, and I, like, loved it. And the photos didn't turn out that bad. It was like, oh, okay, I'm not too rare with like a hundred bucks that's not after bad. that yeah exactly yeah. it's like especially when it's unexpected yeah but it's really interesting kind of like is was that the moment you realized that you could start charging yeah. for your passions that's a big thing too right that's mm-hmm. a, that's a turning point like i like what i mentioned earlier it's like when i saw the first prints sell for 35 40 bucks a piece i'm like that's crazy because like now i can actually monetize it the funny thing is today actually it's my first day off because i'm like you know you know i work on this yeah stuff. i guess i'll mention i work at a bank as well mm-hmm. on top of doing the design and today was my only day off. And what I did before I saw you was I actually went to go print one of my pieces that I've done. And I'm just seeing the quality, making sure it's up to date because I got about 50 pre-orders for the wow. print. But now I'm at a point where I'm comfortable where like I know I have the numbers for people to buy my stuff. Now I can actually start monetizing it. So it's been five years, but I'm just about to finalize selling my first ever like wow. edition of prints. Yeah. That first one was like kind of just like I just like testing the water but now I'm like at the point where I'm like I can actually start monetizing and scaling it mm-hmm. and that's big for me because like I just like put on my Instagram to see who was interested and a lot of people gave me good feedback so mm-hmm. but yeah but once you have that moment where you like know totally. you can make money it's like you gotta dial in and really know what you want to do so yeah. it's super important I feel and I don't like I don't know if it's like for you but even for me right now um and for a lot of creators I talk to it's like it's kind of a ongoing learning process even now it's like oh, yeah, so 100%. hard yeah. to like there's certain projects that like I'm putting a lot more work but not getting as much money and then some yeah. of them it's like I literally did almost nothing to this and it like made yeah. a lot more money than the yeah. other ones but yeah. um, that's kind of like the hard part about all of this like yeah. into the creative I, I think what, what what kind of ends the whole conversation about it being hard and making money is like again referencing my I think before we shot this I was mentioning my, my uh, mentor Ryan Bowles he's like he started off just doing designs on Instagram, but now he's just like a full-time coach for freelancers and he's from Australia. Really great guy. And the one tip that, like he's given so many tips to me and like we've talked on and off, we've Skyped a bunch of times, but the one tip he gave me that has like stuck with me forever is like when you're unconfident in your work and you don't know how much you charge, just charge double what you charged your last client, right? Mm-hmm. The worst thing they can say is say no to the first pitch, just go back to the price before. And so I remember when I was making decent, when I thought I was making decent money, <laughs> yeah. my logos, I was charging my base tier, which is like a logo, and I'll do like all the rearrangements of like the text, the font stuff. I think I was charging 400 bucks Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now I charge everything USD because yeah. I work with more like international yeah. clients, I guess, but I was working a lot Conversion's of like... Conversion's great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And if they don't take that, I'll do like a hundred bucks less or do like a 10% discount and mm-hmm. like convert to Canadian. I'm still making like what I would like if I pitched it in Canadian. Totally. Um, but I remember when I was pitching 400, I'm like, man, like I see a bunch of people that Ryan's mentoring who's like closing 1,000 to like $5,000 deals. I don't get it, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I need help. He's like, the next person you have, just pitch pitch 800 mm-hmm. and they're going to like, you know, they're going to be like, oh wow, 800 bucks, you know, you're one year into your freelancing and then you're going to negotiate and then I would be closing deals at like 750, 600, 500, mm-hmm. which is 100 to 400 twice as much as my first pitch of $400. And then since that first year, I've been doubling up on my prices each time. But the good thing is people who are listening might be like, okay, this guy's just going for the money grab, which I understand. But it's like, I wouldn't be pitching that much and people wouldn't be taking it if they didn't see my skill set. And like, I've worked out my, like my, my contracts for like my client contracts are polished now. Like mm-hmm. I think by my second year, I haven't changed my contracts since. So it explains to them what they're getting, the amount of revisions. 
the amount of concepts, all the stuff that I can provide with them with like working with like my services, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. And um, as the years go on and my following gets bigger, that price is more comfortable. And I and depending on the client, even nowadays, like I think my set price now is like fifteen hundred Canadian mm-hmm. or it's like eleven fifty, twelve hundred USD. Mm-hmm. But whenever it's like a really big client, like a more commercial, I'll like try to do like double up um but now i'm at a point where like the time i put in each logo or project i pitch like the same price every time so Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and i remember i think i saw a quote i think it was twitter or maybe instagram but it was like i'm such a freelancers in the creative industries Mm -hmm. it's like i'm not charging you for the hour that it took to create whatever it was i'm charging you for the how many years it took me to develop that skill exactly and for me like i always felt Maybe guilty is not the right word, but it's like, oh, I took these photos. Like, I love photography and I do it for fun. And, like, when I take, like, an hour to do it, I always feel, like, maybe guilty in a way. It's like, oh, I'm doing this for – like, it's fun for me. It doesn't feel like work. And, like, um, people are, like – like, I guess some of my friends my age are, like, working – um, jobs that are hourly wage are like like what twenty five dollars, and it's like I'm charging how many hundred dollars for this hour, um, but and then you realize how much work and like. Um, stuff that's not really accounted for in that hour. It's like all the skills yeah, to develop that exactly. go into it, which yeah. that one I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, no, I definitely agree. And like one thing clients don't think about is when I work with international, I love it because like I have so many clients <laughs> like worldwide and stuff now, but it sucks when like, especially I had a, this client from the Philippines mm-hmm. and they're a restaurant and timing a good time to talk and stuff totally. sucks because like it's, I think it's like a 10 hour difference mm-hmm. I, I don't quote me that's definitely wrong but like mm-hmm. um, the, the amount of times we talk like because we can only speak to each other once a week when our schedule's lined up we would talk for hours and it's like I probably spend like 30 to 40 hours just on Skype or FaceTime mm-hmm. and it's like that's full so that's a full week of work right exactly. there and then that's not even counting the actual work you do right and mm-hmm. I don't charge for those hours that we're talking because like we're going back and forth and like mm-hmm. we're just talking about the design and how we can improve or whatever direction you want to go with it mm-hmm. so yeah there's a lot of hours and even to this day like I think a logo project the last one I've done probably took me two weeks to do and I probably put in around like 40 hours of work. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, like I'm always honest with my clients. I'm like, how many hours did it take you to do this logo? I'll be like, it literally took like 10, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to charge you that premium because it took me 10, you know yeah. what I mean? Because I got it quick enough for you, like that logo and stuff. But in the end, like I still feel like design is still a full-time job totally. regardless especially you're having multiple clients it gets overwhelming at times mm-hmm. which i've had like every summer mm-hmm. like i always get that overwhelming feeling mm-hmm. for sure and the capacity it takes you kind of like um people who go to like not that i'm putting down like nine to fives but it's <laughs> like um people who like go and do like a desk job like m- maybe it's like admin sort of things and mm-hmm. you can't really like i always compared myself to those kind of jobs but yeah. Um, you realize it's like a lot of mental capacity to kind of create something that hasn't been created before and kind yeah, of doing exactly. revisions and stuff. Um, yeah, going back to, so I know you had a technical background, which is like similar to, I started in business school as well, mm-hmm. but also kind of doing photography on the side. Do you, like, there's always that argument between like being a generalist or a specialist. Like, do you feel that um, having a technical like day job and background while also doing creative things, do you think they complement each other or... Um, do you find it's kind of like a struggle to kind of balance the two? I think I like it, it varies for each person, I'd want to say. Because like for me, last summer, I was interning, working a part-time job, doing client work, and I was finishing school. So four things on my plate, right? And I started YouTube last year. And then mm-hmm. it quickly ended when I'm like, this is not worth my time because I'm way too overwhelmed. Um, but when you mention like it complementing each other, I think it does 
if you're on your way to getting to be a full-time freelancer. And for me, like I mentioned, like I'm still working a full-time job while doing design because I'm afraid. Like I, I generally, deep down, I know like if I went full in with design, there's always that possibility that all my clients and all my following, whatever it is, can end like instantly. And that like part-time work or full-time work, like working for someone, is always that security blanket, right? Totally. And for me right now, being done school and I'm doing something that is towards my degree, I'm my goal this year is like to, by the end of the year, by December, I'm going to answer if I want to be a full-time freelancer or continue with what I'm doing at the bank mm-hmm. because I need to just pay off, like right now I've been saving like each month, like pretend figure of rent, right? Totally. So it's like, I'm going to save up that amount of money. And then if I were to move out or get my own studio, I have all my expenses paid for. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's really why I'm working. It's just mm-hmm. to save money. It, there's no reason. I'm not, I don't love finance, but like I'm good at it. I mm-hmm. went to school for it. I understand it. But if you ask me between the two, obviously I'm going to go with design, right? Mm-hmm. And then for me, every day when I go into work, like tomorrow when I work, I go in and I'm like, okay, my job today is to work and do all this stuff. But it gives me a perspective. Like this is what I'm, I'm like literally putting all my energy towards and this is what I could be doing. And obviously at the end of the day, and my goal will forever be is to be full-time freelancing. Mm-hmm. So for me specifically, um, working and doing my freelancing job just gives me perspective. And it kind of like, in a way too, it humbles me. Cause like when I took like a couple months off just to in the summer, just to do design full-time, I'm like, I would wake up and just spend the whole day like just doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be home alone, do whatever. And then like, I have my own schedule, but like if I had work, you know, I work, you know, nine to like four, let's say. And then I have like, from whenever till I go to bed like 9, 30, 10 mm-hmm. to do my client work. So like, it's a it's schedule, it's like routine, and it's like just balance for me. I guess. Totally. Yeah, no, I totally feel feel you on that as well. Like similar story. Like last summer I um, was like, I guess still in school and like we're interning at a record label mm-hmm. and then doing this music photography on the side. But I totally feel, feel you on that. Like having a set schedule does make things like, ironically like it makes things more organized even though you have more things it makes you more productive um but it's also like a big jump going from like a structured nine to five let's say to um creating your own schedule and being diligent and doing all the things you need Mm -hmm. to do um so you mentioned on your podcast that you started growing your audience through like existing communities yeah on instagram sure yeah Kind of. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know you mean that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you expand on that a little bit of like how that experience is? Because there's so many kind of like different ways to market yourself on Instagram, not just posting on your own, but Mm -hmm. different strategies as well. I just honestly, I feel like nowadays it's so hard to grow. Like I don't care what anyone says. Like, oh, like it's never too late to start. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is for the certain market and whatever you're doing. Like I feel like the, the ceiling for photography is endless. Like you can go very far. But I think for design, like, I feel like even when I started, I'm like, there might be a big possibility it's not going to work, you know what I mean? And, like, I have, like, I have, like, in my own DSLR, like, I take photos, like, sometimes, whatever. But, like, I was always like, I could be good at this, too. I just really would have to spend the amount of time on photography as I focus on with design. But getting back to your question about, like, the communities and stuff, when I started, a lot of these communities start off, like, with 50 to 100,000 followers. And, like, if you're a person who, like, runs a business on Instagram, you know the algorithm has changed. I don't care what yeah. anyone says. It's changed so much. And the, the more they change it, the more it's harder for smaller people to grow. And, like, nowadays, like, um, I barely use hashtags. But I feel like there's a, there's a whole thing, a story about this as well mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get into. But so when I started out with calligraphy, the two big ones was TYCA, which stood for typography and calligraphy. And they started out with around, like, 50,000 when I started following them. 
and then Good Type, which had around 125,000. To this day, Good Type just hit a million like yesterday, wow. like a couple days ago. And then t- Typography and Calligraphy hit about like 500K like a year ago. Like they're really big now, right? But when I started out, those accounts were just so small. It was really easy to get like reposted and get super close to the people, the admins who run those communities. Mm-hmm. And like I noticed like photography, photography and like Instagram, Instagram is a photography app right so those like inspiration and reposting pages have been around for time you know i mean like totally i feel like people people just think like they want to get that one big viral like photo or design and they'll be set right and yes true you'll get like a bunch of followers whatever it is but you gotta be consistent with the smaller kind of guys right so Mm -hmm. starting out i knew like good type was the biggest and there was even smaller ones like there's accounts for like the design fix Mm-hmm. design hub the logo hub all these smaller mm-hmm. ones that had like five to ten thousand so my goal like when i started out was talking to all these smaller mm-hmm. people who run pages because like i run my own logo page too right mm-hmm. and you they see the dms you know what i mean so yeah. like i would talk to them be like hey like would you mind reposting it sometimes they would say no mm-hmm. but then i'm like there's a reason why they say no because if my work was really good and i know that for a fact there's no reason why no one should say no to you, you know what i mean right. they should be saying yes every single time and I got to the point where my designs got consistent. I had my own theme and structure. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, that's David Hun's work. Like, they yeah. know it's my work. And then I got reposted a crap ton. Mm-hmm. And then especially when I got, I transitioned this year in October to, like, work on the iPad, I've, like, developed a new style. And, like, people reposted me just for my style. So, like, that blew me up even more mm-hmm. at the end of 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. But... So what was the question of this uh, for, like, how do I oh, find, like... Oh, kind like, of community, like, um, kind of using, leveraging off of, like, Instagram community. Yeah, I, oh, okay. So, yeah, um, I guess my biggest thing and how I kind of grew, it, it was a slow process. Like, I started growing a lot when I hit, like, 20,000 last year. Mm-hmm. And I've doubled in size since. But the reason why is, like, I would always, even with a bigger following than I see smaller accounts nowadays, I still would talk to them, comment, engage, and, like, not fake engagement. Like, I'm, I, what was it? Um, I made a post the other day about pride or something no not pride which one was it but i made a post for like my series of seven deadly sins and i mentioned about like i hate engagement groups because it's all fake right yeah totally. um and for people who don't know what engagement groups are it's like you have like i'm in one where it's like you have ten thousand followers and up and like you post something you share it to a dm group it's like 10 guys yeah. and they all just comment and whatever oh, yeah and they comment the same thing every single time so it's not really real engagement so i've left all my engagement groups and like i really just engage with artists that i, I, I genuinely like and mm-hmm. i don't know it's just like conversating with people in person right you're not gonna make friends if you don't actually take initiative to talk to people Mm -hmm. you can't just walk around you know like thinking you're a good looking person everyone's gonna talk to you you gotta talk to people first for them to actually like reciprocate and actually like know who you are and that's why they're instagram and it's been like a process i guess yeah i totally feel you on the engagement groups i remember i was in a few of them yeah at first it seemed like such a good idea because you're like oh my god like look at all these people commenting yeah yeah. but after a few you're like okay like this is kind of getting it's kind of getting old it's always the same like few comments yeah yeah and i remember there was like these guidelines like instagram always changes their algorithm it's like oh it has to be three words emojis don't count but then that changed like then like a few weeks after and you can never keep up with this so i guess tiring after a little bit but like you said like if your work is good it's good and yeah it you, will just, get, you just gotta know you yeah know? And like, it will get recognized yeah and that's like another like there's so many like uh this is so cheesy like pillars and turning points that you know in your mm-hmm. career when like i guess milestones that like uh, evolve you as a designer so like one we mentioned earlier is like when you know you can charge a set amount of price you know like your work's like i guess like has credit i don't know like you know what i mean though like once mm-hmm. you know you can start charging a certain price your work's like valuable i guess totally. that's a better answer and then um, when you know, like, your work is good in, t- in terms of, like, the style and stuff, you can't be afraid of what you put out. And, like, I'm, like, last year, I think the first, from January to, like, summer of 2018, I was still afraid of what I put 
on Instagram, like I gotta please my followers, right? But since I picked up my iPad and started doing illustrative work, everything I put is like, I don't really care anymore. I was like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then that started blowing up my account more because like, it's literally just my style. But like, mm-hmm. it's to a point where like, you have to understand like, people are gonna look at your work and probably forget about the next day. So who cares? Just post whatever you want, yeah, honestly. Totally. Like, yeah. And it kind of speaks on the whole like trend of um, like the influencer kind of yeah. like trend that's kind of going on right now. How before, all of these companies were going after these people with like a couple million followers and now that's kind of shifted towards more like micro influencers and yeah. focusing on people with like a couple thousand or a couple like tens of thousands and kind of um, using those because you realize maybe they have more if like engagement yeah. and kind of reach than these people who have like a couple million and mm-hmm. um, they their followers are just like sitting there. Did you hear the article with that girl a couple days ago where she has like 2 million followers and can only, she only made 36 sales in shirts? Oh, wow. So like she had like, I guess like she paid for followers and she also paid for engagement groups, paid for like promotions and stuff. And what happened was like she has 2 million followers, she's verified and stuff. And she mm-hmm. was selling a shirt online like for her followers and she only made 36 shirts, and like 36 sales in shirts, mm-hmm. whatever, right? And like I was mentioning earlier, I was like doing prints and stuff and my following is obviously a lot smaller than hers, but... I had already, like, 50 people at the door who was ready to buy, like, a print and stuff. So, I guess, like, and that's just for me, like, commenting back and, like, responding to people with DM. Like, people, even to this day, like, every day I wake up, I get, like, 20 or 30 new DMs every single day. Mm-hmm. Some of them I don't respond because I know it's just, like, spam or, like, it's not worth my time. But whenever it's, like, a question about, like, what program I use or what, what you know, like, what brushes I use or, like, related to, like, my work, I'll always respond because, like, they're very interested in my work. Mm-hmm. And it comes back. They're just saying people who are going to be buying the stuff that I'm selling, oh, right? Oh, for so sure. that's really important, I think. And that kind of ties to the whole, like, business thing as well. It's, like, understanding. Because a lot of, like, art is obviously being good. Mm-hmm. But the other half of it is kind of, like, um, in a way, it's, like, kind of managing client relations. Yeah, and it's a customer service, basically. Exactly. It's yeah. kind of building yourself as a brand. Yeah. But totally, you never know when uh, maybe one of those people will know someone or they'll, exactly. they'll know someone who knows someone. It's kind of exactly, like a trickle yeah. reaction. You never know what can happen in this type of industry as well. Mm-hmm. And do you have, like, a community of, like, real... I guess you mentioned you didn't grow up with... Um, many creative people yeah so how do you kind of stay inspired like do you kind of keep in touch with um, other creatives online or like do you have certain resources that you go to that kind of keep you going because I know especially for me I have like phases where I'm like super motivated and I like, want to do everything and yeah. sometimes like I really don't want to do anything no I feel you on that and like if like I know like we just met recently but like people who have followed me for like a very long time since my first thousand followers know like every summer like, 2017, I had 55 clients in the summer. 2018, I got, like, 30-something. And you would think with me growing my following that, like, I would get more numbers. And then when that happened last summer, I was so unmotivated. Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. 35 clients. But the, the amount of money I made was almost the same, which is still, like, because in 2017, I was starting, like, still 500 bucks a logo. So when I saw that, I'm a big numbers guy, right? Being mm-hmm. from like, economics, yeah, I'm a huge totally. numbers guy. So when I saw that my numbers are dropping, but I'm still making the same amount, I'm like, it's still unmotivating that like, I feel like everyone should be knocking my door for like, for me for work. And for me, what motivates me is myself. And it's going to sound so weird, but like, it's a, it's a mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Like growing up and well, not even growing up, but like in my university years, like every single person I know, they're like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do my own thing. I don't want to work the nine to five. I'm like, so why are you at university? You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I'm like, I can't, I, I don't get inspired by people around me, like who went to university with me because I feel like a lot of people are just talk. A lot of people are like, I want to own a franchise or I want to do this, do that. Myself, I want to franchise a restaurant one day. 
I probably won't, but that's like、mm-hmm. a dream of mine, right? 100%. And I found inspiration through like watching a lot of like successful entrepreneurs. And if anyone's still listening, like, like people <laughs> I look up to, right? Ty Lopez, I love that guy. <laughs> you know, like the Lamborghini guy, like here in my garage. Yeah. That guy, and then Gary V, those kind、totally. of guys. And at first, I just tell my friends like I hate Gary V and I hate Ty Lopez. They're just like speaking stupid facts for you to buy their program, whatever it is.、Mm-hmm. But I'm like, but there's a reason why they're doing that. You know, they're very rich, they're influential, they've made it in sense, quote unquote, right?、Mm-hmm. So when I started listening to it and I kind of changed my mindset and how I think about it, I'm like, okay, if I want to, if I start thinking that way, maybe I can get there one day, right?、Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but for me, I'm a very judgmental person, <laughs> and I remember like. In my second and third year, I saw a lot of my friends either drop out or finish school,、totally, yeah. and either or they were trying to start their own business. So like people who are like barbers, people who are photographers, and like in that second third year, I'd be like, oh, like you're not gonna make it. Like I would literally be like, you're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it.、Mm-hmm. And I got to a point where like, man, like I'm very negative. Like I'm just shutting out every person who's starting something up. And one thing I used to shut down the most was like clothing lines. I think they're、yeah. very cheesy to this day. You gotta、oh. have a lot of thinking behind what you're doing, but that's a whole other story. But like、mm-hmm. again, the whole thing is I'm very negative. I shut down any person who started their own business, and I'm like, wait, I'm a freelancer. Like I'm trying to build my own thing. Why the hell am I knocking these people's like their dream down? In a sense, right? Yes, to like to like fast forward five years, a lot of people haven't pursued it. I can name like one or two who like continued the same time I started.、Mm-hmm. But I started thinking like I gotta support other people. I started changing my mindset, and that alone inspires me. And then the people I follow. People who whose like artwork is way better than mine. Like、mm-hmm. I want to get there one day, and it's always been like that for me because I'm、mm-hmm. very. I like visual arts.、Mm-hmm. I love every kind of design, and so when I see people like, like when I watch TV, like I used to watch like Pepsi and Coca Cola ads, and I'm like、mm-hmm. this typography and the way they draw the graphics <laughs> is so easy. I'm like I know someone's sitting there, probably in Toronto or something, who's getting paid six figures to do this. I'm like why not me? But I'm like、yeah. because I'm sitting here watching it. I should go do something, right? So for me, it's like. Whenever I get uninspired, I ask myself like, why?、Mm-hmm. And it's like because I'm just sitting here thinking about being uninspired. So I I will draw something and just do something to like get my mind kind of creative. So yeah, yeah. and it kind of goes back to that quote, like a really cheesy quote where it's like you're the <laughs> average of like the five people you spend the most time with, and、yeah. um everyone kind of thinks like at least I totally feel like if being from a small town or ever like people kind of. Don't really get motivated as much as exactly, when、yeah. I realize when you move to a big city, you're like, oh my god, everyone's like hustling. But before, <laughs> I was like, oh, no one's around me is doing something creative. Like, like you、yeah. said, like my high school is also very academic. Yeah. Um. So I never thought of it as like um a feasible option to go into photography, videography, and like、yeah. oh, like the only way to kind of make it or like survive is to do sort of a nine to five and have a stable job. And then I realized like that quote is like the five people you spend the most time with. They don't have to be. People that are directly surrounding you, they can、mm-hmm. be like、um, anything you consume from like podcasts to like、exactly. people online. There's so many resources right、yeah. now,、um, and yeah, like people like Gary V. Like sometimes you think, oh, they're so pretentious and they're kind of just, like yelling at you, but sometimes、yeah. it's like you need someone to kind of yell yeah, at you. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just kind of perspective, right?、And、yeah, yeah. No, I, I, for me, like over the years, the one thing I've definitely tried to teach myself is having a better, I don't know what you call it, like temperament. Mm-hmm. And just listening to what people have to say, and like for me, it's like before when someone says something stupid, I know they're hundred percent wrong. <laughs> Again, me, I would judge them, I would get mad, rebuttal, and then tell them why they're wrong. 
But nowadays, it's like I hear someone's wrong, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, okay, why do they think they're wrong? And I kind of will try to explain it, right? So yeah, like, yeah. So if you if you've ever watched Gary Vee, he swears a lot, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, this guy is so dumb. Like, how can he be a millionaire and swear so much? Like, he's obviously a child, right? Yeah. But then I'm like, wait, why is he swearing? And I, I listened about his like upbringing, who he is, and how he wants to be different than like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, who never swore, who never had any personality, right? So he's like, he's entertaining, right? So. It's all perspective for me and just listening to what people have to say. Mm-hmm. And going back to, like, the five people, like, I spent a lot of time on myself, right? Mm-hmm. So what, that's why, like, it's easier for me to find inspiration, like, from myself is because, yeah. like, I spend the most time by myself. And mm-hmm. I think I think I, I spend more time by myself than the average person. But I think if you're trying to chase a dream that's bigger than, like, anyone in your hometown can fathom, mm-hmm. it's important to, like, have that self-independence because, like, mm-hmm. people aren't going to get what you're going through and especially like I always tell myself when I get unmotivated as well like the last thing I'll say is like what would oh sorry you know like when you're going out or something mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this happens to you but it happens to me a lot <laughs> my friends love to party I love to party too yeah. I love party I love drinking all the time yeah. and obviously it's scaled down but like yeah. a lot of my friends uh like starting up they'd be like David like come out like why are you staying in and they would understand like I had client work right mm-hmm. and I always would tell them when they got really mad at me like I would shut them down like for a straight month and mm-hmm. it's like the last month of the last year of my school right mm-hmm. and I'm like I can't go out like I had all this client work right mm-hmm. and I would literally just tell them like what would you do if you're in my shoes mm-hmm. and then every time I asked someone that they would always like have their perspective with what I'm going through it's like okay if I was in David's shoes I'd be doing the same thing mm-hmm. so it's again just understanding each other yeah and also feel. like it's um, and I feel like I'm just spinning off like quotes right now, but it's like, um, when they say like, you don't really have, like you don't have time, you make time. It's all about like priorities. Yeah. So people who kind of are all talk and they're like, Oh, like, of course everyone wants to start their own thing. Of course everyone wants to get like famous and be like a millionaire. Yeah. That would be like great if everyone could get there. But it's like, what are you doing? What kind of steps are you taking to move towards that? Like, yeah. um, obviously like, um, work hard, play hard. Right. But when it comes down to it, it's like. Um, if people say they want to theoretically start a clothing line, okay, like what step, like they think it's like unattainable, like what steps can you take, like break it down, what can you do today, it's not going to happen overnight, but what can you start with today, like can you like take a course on, like not even a course, like a YouTube video on like how to print t-shirts or like Mm -hmm. what designs to sell and like the business of like um, clothing, clothing and fashion and everything, and like especially now there's like so many resources out there that are free yeah. and you don't really need to go like that much out of your way to yeah. do something um which is kind of what we're trying to do with pexels is kind of like provide a resource and democratize um photography and um in a way where it's like let's say i want to start a blog or start um a clothing line but i didn't have anything for my website well here are a bunch of contributors who want to get their work out and mm-hmm. kind of help people along the way as well. Yeah. And you mentioned that you kind of started um, using Pex as one of your resources yeah, as well. Yeah, I like, I hate Googling photos, like good stock photos for stuff. And um, Wendy and I were talking off camera and like, I do a lot of, I do Q&As like once a year. And because like I, I get the same questions all the time, right? Like the two questions. I always get is what what iPad to use and what program. And every time I say it's Procreate, it's on the iPad. But, and that's the reason why I always wait once a year. And again, it was like my birthday when it was like a special time. I'm like, I'll do one, you know, like whatever. I wasn't doing anything that day. So I'm like, I don't really, really want to take photos of my face. So like, I'm like, <laughs> I got to find some good photos. And I remember I was Googling like, you know, I was Googling like jungle leaves and stuff like that. And one of them uh, led to a Pexels photo and I used it on my old phone my old Android phone for like two years mm-hmm. and uh it was like a really really cool just like a good stock image and then 
I just started downloading a bunch of them and then I've been using the same ones every time I do a Q&A just to have like a good background. So it's uh, really important to have those kind of resources because like if I didn't do that, I would have been Googling for like half an hour probably and it probably wouldn't have been that good, you know? So, um, but yeah, no, definitely having programs or like websites like Paxos is super important for like artists who are starting out because if I didn't do that, it would have been like a blank page and it's like text over top of my stories. But mm-hmm. now I have like these nice photos that, you know, other artists contribute to like a community, right? So mm-hmm. it's really nice. Yeah, and I guess, like, um, unlike, like, different from Instagram, where it's, like, kind of, like, that whole pressure to kind of make your feed really nice and mm-hmm. uh, kind of have a certain aesthetic, like, with Pexels, it's, like, um, it's great that we kind of can provide people who are just starting out or, like, don't have necessarily mm-hmm. the funds to kind of exclusive license, like, a good thousand-dollar yeah. photo, like, somewhere to kind of start off with. Um, a lot of our photographers are like beginning as well and um, especially for me we like to think of it as like b-roll so it's like I put my best photos that like look nice on my feed or whatever on Instagram but there's also like a hundred other photos that I took that like maybe won't look as nice but if they just sat on my hard drive they're just kind of sitting there forever but if maybe someone a graphic designer from like I don't know Hong Kong or something um, they could find it useful and that kind of like, it's like you give something and you take something and we're just yeah, kind of, kind of exactly. um, creating a community for creatives in whatever field mm-hmm. they're in. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's really good. That's like why I started my own logo page. Mm-hmm. So don't get me wrong. So I'll talk about the kind of pages, like good type and, you know, mm-hmm. TYX, TA and all that stuff. But when it, so that was when I started out with calligraphy and then I transitioned on the logos. And then mm-hmm. when I went to logos, same thing. I, I started scouting out all these like Instagram reblogging and reposting pages and stuff. And the biggest one right now, I would say, is logo inspirations mm-hmm. around 950,000 followers, like just at almost a million. And then there's a bunch of smaller ones. Well, what I noticed is all of these inspiration pages, I'm not knocking all of them, by the way. Like, I, <laughs> I love them. I think yeah. without them, I wouldn't be where I am. Like, I would not, not have grown as quickly as I have. And, but the whole, all, the whole thing is like, Logo Inspirations, they have a podcast, they have a bunch of e-courses, but then they also collaborate with big name designers mm-hmm. um, in specific niches. The one, I forget his name, I think it's like Dace Designs, so it does like just gaming logos. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's a big, big chunk of people who follow Logo Inspirations who like like gaming logos. Mm-hmm. And like there's a course and it's like they start putting ads and start putting like, they're trying to monetize like how they post. And they stopped posting, like, logos. Like, they would post, like, videos of people drawing on the iPad, which isn't a logo. It's just design, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, it's kind of weird. Like, and I've noticed, like, all these other smaller ones for, like, around 100 to 200,000 followers who are also in my engagement groups are posting the same content. And, like, for example, I, I, I made an illustration. An example is, like, I made um, an illustration of a, the uh, Nintendo logo. Mm-hmm. And five logo pages liked it but it's an illustration piece not a logo piece right mm-hmm. and they're just doing it because they saw that that post like really blew up and they're right. just doing it to benefit their accounts and totally. all that stuff so when i started my own account called logo goals um it's just icons it's just logo icons you'll never see a piece of calligraphy no videos mm-hmm. it's just strictly logos and i've been and that's been growing faster than my current account so mm-hmm. like it's already reached like 43,000 followers and it's been like since september so wow. yeah and it's grown a lot and the community is really good, and like I've been digging deep to repost a lot of small designers. I think the biggest designer I post has like fifty thousand followers. Everyone else is a thousand and under, or like ten thousand and under. Like I try to really get designers who are like really small because I'm like, I always think back whenever I'm trying to help people, like what I would have wanted when I started out, right? And one was like yeah. an account with at least 40, 50,000 followers to like mm-hmm. repost me, 
mm-hmm. was like not me like DMing them so much, just yeah, like doing my own research. Totally. And especially now when like social media is getting so saturated with everything, yeah, I know. Um, like communities are so important in kind of creating those connections. Um, like before, when people would make kind of one on one connections offline, you kind of had to, in a way, work backwards and do the same thing online yeah. <laughs> and uh, kind of um, just foster closer relationships Mm -hmm. regardless of numbers because those can be deceptive sometimes exactly uh so i guess just wrapping up like for people who are i know there's like a bunch of little nuggets that you already talked about before that Mm -hmm. are super helpful but what would be your i guess biggest tip or tips for people who um are trying to kind of do what you're doing so earlier i mentioned like how i said like even nowadays it's hard to start design especially if you go on instagram I think you got to just, you got to map out and plan out what you're doing and don't go all in right away. Like if I went all in on design and it failed and I wasn't working part time, I would have been crushed. Mm -hmm. But I was still making money because I was working a part time job in the mall. So Mm -hmm. like, even though one design wasn't working out, I still had that backup plan. I'm working the mall. I still had money, still had to go out, still Mm got to, you know, Mm -hmm. um, do all that stuff. But do your research, um, start sooner than later. uh, And quality, I don't know, quality and quantity, I don't know. At the beginning, I was just posting a crap ton, mm-hmm. but you got to start posting like quality work and stuff. Right. And um, just be true to your own right. skill set, your brand and who you are and don't mimic someone too much and don't mm-hmm. follow trends. Following trends is going to kill you because once mm-hmm. that trend is done, what else are you going to do, right? Mm-hmm. So being authentic, being honest with your following and just be consistent. And that's the biggest thing. Consistency and patience because mm-hmm. even now, like... I'm comfortable with where I am. Obviously, I want a bigger following, uh, more recognition, more collaborations. But, like, if I look back five years ago, I would never have thought I would grow to around 40,000 in five years. I would have thought I would have stuck at, like, 10. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, just patience and don't expect much. Have real, real, realistic goals, too. And, again, I'm. Uh, this is, like, what you mentioned. Like, so many little nuggets. There's not just one thing. But I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing for me would be patience. Totally. Um, don't expect to... Like I mentioned earlier, don't expect to go viral right away. And when you do, don't rely on that. Mm-hmm. Because there's been times, like, I don't know if you knew this, but, like, I did a collaboration with Daniel Wellington. Mm-hmm. And, oh, wow. Which is I a watch brand, that. right? Yeah, yeah. that's and huge. They had, when I was working with them, they had, like, at least 2 million followers. Right. And if you know Daniel Wellington, they work mainly just with people who have very aesthetically pleasing photography pages and stuff totally. like that. So to work with a designer was really, really odd. And having a discount code, all that good stuff, right? And then I'm like... When I got them, like, this is it. I made it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I got Daniel Wellington. Like, they sent me free stuff. It was awesome. Yeah. But then after that happened, I, like, was so caught up in that moment. I wasn't planning, to, like, for what's ahead. And it's, like, that's what I mean. Like, don't expect that one viral thing is going to make you in there. Like, mm-hmm. make it, right? So, just, it's, it's, like you said, it's a learning curve. And you're always learning. You just got to keep on uh, chipping mm-hmm. away at it. So, yeah, it's a big process. And, like, we're always riding the wave because you never know, especially with this industry. It can always change. Yeah, yeah you never know what's going to change in the industry and, like, who you're going to meet. And, exactly. Um, but that's super helpful. And it looks like or it you're doing very well for yourself Thank and you. having, like, an aesthetic. And um, I know now it's, like, um, whether it's, like, a photographer or videographer, but as a graphic designer, I know if, like, if I see your work kind of somewhere else, I can, like, auto- automatically identify that yeah. oh, that's David's work. So, yeah. um, so I guess just um, the last thing is how do we kind of find you on the interwebs? So, <laughs> <laughs> like you mentioned, like, Logo Goals is kind of your yeah. um, my side, side account. Case, yeah. and, then, my, and then for my main, it's just David Hun. so David, last name, Hun, H-U-Y-N-H. 
I usually should come up with a top pick for Instagram. There's not too many David Huns in the world, so <laughs> yeah. I have a, a unique enough name that it'll go up. And same thing with YouTube, it's just my name, David Hun. So you can find me on there as well. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, David. It's, yeah, thanks uh, for having me. And he has so many other great nuggets on like your YouTube and your podcast. And so for those of you who are listening, if you want to hear... Um, kind of more of um, Dave's experience and everything he has to say. I highly recommend checking out those because I was <laughs> looking through them before yeah. we were about talking. I was surprised. Like, I, yeah. like, I've had, like, obviously, like, you've watched it, which I'm, like, very thankful for, mm-hmm. but like, I get, like, one person a month who's like, oh, oh I've watched your, your podcast. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, like, because all my video views are, like, 200 300 per video but like i get that one person like, oh i watched the last episode I was like no way so like that, that means a lot to me yeah it means more than i like on uh, instagram so. <laughs> yeah well thank yeah. you you're welcome